And okay. Action. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Nights with Mike, the only podcast that also says, if you can't handle me at my Hillary Clinton, then you don't deserve me at my Stacey Lannister. I'm Luca, one of your hosts, and with me is... Ryan. And Danny. Um, Corey's not here today. Yeah. Yeah. He's dead now. He got kicked yeah. by a horse. <laughs> Actually, though. Literally, though. He yeah. literally got kicked in, kicked in the ribs by a horse. He broke one rib. He cracked another. He is okay. Yeah. He spent a night in the hospital and then came back home. And now he's just uh, having some trouble walking around and everything. doing things. Everything. Everything, really. He's, he's having, having trouble, trouble living. Everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> But he's going to be okay. He's going to make a full recovery. He's just uh, going to set this one out. Yeah, he's got to take it slow. He, he's weak. He's a little <laughs> bitch. <laughs> he needs more calcium. Uh, yeah. Um. <laughs> he works as a stable boy at he works a horse a... factory. <laughs> a horse factory? A horse factory. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I love you. Corey works as a stable boy, and that horse said, see you later, boy. Oh, my gosh. Oh, well done. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah, keep that shit in there. Oh, horse uh, that's I got a couple jokes to glue this together. Ah, yeah. I was literally going to make a glue joke. I hate you. I oh, just... damn. I didn't see that. I was just uh, going to connect. I was going to connect my horse factory thing to glue <laughs> to make it make sense. Yeah, unfortunately, this uh, is a horseshoe, so that wasn't it. close enough. Fuck you. Mm, yeah. Bummer. Mm. Do you get points for being close? No, you don't. That's the okay, point. Okay, right. Okay, right. <laughs> close. I don't know why. Oh, no, you do. I you literally, do get points. I was literally, the thing is, like. Wait, I, honestly, I don't know. <laughs> I literally made that, like, um, <clears throat> comparison today about horseshoes, but I was like, no, not horseshoe, bocce ball. You get that. points for being close in bocce ball. I don't know if you get points for being close in horseshoe. Luca's looking it up right now. Close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. That's okay. So yeah. no. Yeah. It doesn't count? It does count. It literally just said it yeah. only counts. In horseshoes and in hand horseshoes grenades. In hand grenades? Yes. Yeah. So unfortunately, your joke did not count for this. Because if you throw a hand grenade and it's close, it still counts because you're still going to hit somebody from it from the splash damage. Yeah. I don't know why it just, that was not clicking with me. I was like, yeah, close. I don't know. It doesn't work for me because when I throw my grenades in games, they don't hit anybody just because they're close. It has to be, you know, at their feet. Yeah. You know? Well, it's close. It's not on them, but it's nearby. Yeah, but at their feet to blow them up. It can be, if it's close, they'll just like, you know. Yeah. Take a little minor damage. Yeah. That's Brush okay. it off. Like, oh, yeah. Whatever. You, you didn't really blow me up <laughs> with a bomb or anything. <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> whatever. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I'm still living and I killed you. So. Oh, awesome. Well. All right. So we're going to cancer uh, on along. Bitches. Jesus. Cancer along. Oh my gosh. Cancer. Oh, cancer. Okay. Not oh, cancer. now that's funny. I was like, what is funny about cancer? How does that make sense? Um, here? everything is funny about cancer. Mm. No, that's not true. It's terrible. <laughs> if we're talking zodiac signs, cancers are funny. No, they're not. I they're annoying. I mean, they're funny to watch. They just like conflict. Yeah. Do they? Yeah. They my do. mom I don't know cancer. anything about a cancer. Oh. Yeah. Why don't we get on to the uh, main event? event? 
Danny, I need you to rein it in with these horse jokes. Sorry. Nope, absolutely not. It's going to keep happening. <laughs> Bitch! Rein it in. Oh, damn it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he did get you with that. I thought you saw it. I thought you saw that. I am the horse god. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Oh, uh, Danny, take it away. So, this episode is about... Empaths versus sociopaths versus psychopaths. And here today we have the fabulous Luca guest starring today. Um, What? (laughs) Definitely. No, he's going to go through pretty much everything. Because, like, I went through most of the sexual orientation stuff, and this is something that he's very passionate about. This was definitely his thing. I wanted to do this. I enjoy this topic a lot. He's super excited, so we're going to hear some fun stuff about psychopaths, empaths, and sociopaths, and what the difference is, and how to... Well, I don't really know if you're going to talk about how to tell the difference between the two, but... I mean, eh. It can be difficult to really tell. It really can. It can. But at least you know. I think it takes time. At least you know the difference. Hmm. Yeah. For yourself. Yes. Basically, uh, a sociopath or a psychopath is just a variant of an empath. Mm -hmm. And that's only the case because empaths happen to be the majority where sociopaths and psychopaths are not. So is it Um, only those three brain types then? I mean, probably not. I I don't know. What about people who would be considered like a narcissist? Would they be in the sociopath category? They're in the sociopath category. category. Because essentially, sociopathy is headlined under um well here i'm just gonna start reading my shit here um so this is from psychology today which is this website that i found that they they are the go-to for the um excuse me the diagnostic and statistical and excuse me the diagnostic and statistical manual of mental disorders or the dsm which is just the it's it's the bb Damn it! What were we calling it? The oh, uh, the big the BBD, the big book of disorders. Yeah, yeah. Which <laughs> did anyone get BBD? Yes, BBD. I get do, it. Do you get it? Yes. Yeah. I kept saying it. Nobody said anything last time. So. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um. Anyway, so this is from Psychology Today, and it's their article on sociopathy. So it says, what is sociopathy? Sociopathy is an informal term that refers to a pattern of antisocial behaviors and attitudes. In the DSM, sociopathy is most closely represented by antisocial personality disorder. Um, and quickly, what... Uh, never mind, not quickly. The article's a lot longer. Can you read a little slower for us? Uh, just keep up, bitch. Damn. <laughs> I'm just it's, just... it's easier to to understand. Sociopath... There we go. That Yeah, that sounds yes. good. Let's do that. Boring monodrone. Sociopathy <laughs> is an informal... No. Um, that was a Mass Effect reference for anybody who <laughs> was paying attention. Sorry. Sorry. I'm writing it in again. Oh. Uh, my gosh. I don't have a horse joke. Hey. Your bucking okay. tradition, Ryan. Come on. I'm, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, okay, Uh, getting back into into order here. Um, Essentially, sociopathy is any type of antisocial behavior is linked under antisocial personality disorder. Um, So that could be literally anything that might... um, 
anything that affects your behaviors when it comes to social things. So it's different from depression mm-hmm. because depression affects you specifically and then it just happens to radiate into other aspects of your life. So I have a question then. Yes. So can you tell me what the difference would be then between a sociopath and somebody who is atypical on the spectrum? Like how how do I don't you know. classify that difference? I don't know what the difference is because I don't know... Like I said, I don't know all the specifics about how all of these things link together. Mm. Um, I don't know if it is considered to be on the spectrum. I don't know if they are considered to be the same thing or not. I think that, yes, they're probably closely related just because that's how they work. Like, associate... I I feel like the best way to describe that scenario would be, like, all sociopaths are on the spectrum, but not everybody who is on the spectrum is a sociopath. I, I, I like, couldn't say that. I, yeah. Because... Like, I, like, I'm not... Like, do, do not take our word for this. Like, no, we no, are not... not our word. Oh, we yeah. are not... <clears throat> We're I not mean, professionals, for, and yeah. we... We don't know anything. We do not. We are just... <laughs> None of us are actually diagnosed with anything. FYI. Yeah. So... Absolutely. But I feel like that would probably be for all intents and purposes for what we're talking about right now. <gasps> not true. I'm right. actually diagnosed for ADD. Just putting oh, that out there. Okay, good for you. Yeah, that's okay. something that it's not, but that's something that would be under like, that would be the closest thing under that umbrella of to being. Well, actually, no, never mind. Scratch that. No, no. Um, but I was gonna say, to me, somebody who has antisocial personality disorders, that's something that is developed over time. That's more of a learned. Yes, but um, nurture. Oh. The nurture side of things, where a sociopath, just because of how it's described and all the different like things about it that that make it what in texts, yes, that make it what it is. Mm-hmm. A sociopath is something that is you were born that way. That's nature. It's just something that is already going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's predetermined. Yeah, the same thing is being gay. Existing yeah. condi- condition, yeah. if you will. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, that being said. You could be, you could develop something. There's something called borderline personality disorder, which is essentially the more common term of what sociopathy is generally thought of nowadays. Mm -hmm. Like that's what they officially call it. And that can be like any number of things that just kind of make you awkward in society. So like I said, yes, I think those like this, the autism spectrum and antisocial personality disorders, they are probably linked, but I think it's more of like, mm-hmm. they're their own things that happen to be under the same bigger umbrella. Okay. Like maybe like one is can be a part of the other, but they are... They're different, but they can be linked. The same thing with the with it's... the sexual orientations. Like you can be one thing just because you fit certain criteria for it, mm-hmm. but that doesn't stop you from being something else. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Um, for me personally, myself, having learned about it when I first did, and then going into it the couple years later, really like trying to figure out what sociopathy actually is and all of that, Mm -hmm. because most of the time, sociopaths are the killers, the murderers, they're the, uh, they do all of the things like, uh, going back to this article about sociopathy from psychology today. 
Outwardly, those described as sociopaths may appear disturbed, but can also... So- oh, never mind. That is not what I was, thought it was going to say. What was it saying? It was going to go into, like, that they can be kind and caring and have sincerity and all that. But, no, here it is. Um, who is a sociopath? In recent years, several influential books have attempted to dispel the myth that so- most sociopaths are ruthless killers and criminals. Um, on the contrary, they argue the nearest sociopath might be a boss, a partner, or a parent. While sociopaths may not all be literal outlaws, however, a defining characteristic is a profound lack of conscience, a flaw in the moral compass that typically steers people away from breaking common rules and treating others decently. Yet this internal moral disconnect may be masked by a charming demeanor, which right there, almost everything you will ever read about sociopaths or psychopathic people is that they're unstable, they don't care, they're willing to do whatever it takes to, like, to achieve their goal. To achieve mm-hmm. their goal, and they're willing to just hurt people flat out to do that. Whether it be physically, um, financially, socially, they will step on another, per- another, another yeah. person to get what they want <clears throat> if the consequence isn't hasn't been outweighed. Like, there's always a scale for it. Mm-hmm. Like, so, a lot of sociopaths, because so. Luca and I have read the same book. It's called Confessions of a Sociopath, which I'm sure he was going to bring up at some point. Oh, yeah. By M.E. Thomas. It's a fascinating book. It is Ooh. a very, very fascinating book. Yes, she. I don't, nobody knows her real name. She uses the pseudonym M.E. Thomas, which, if you think about it, me, Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. So somebody. I read another article that was like, oh, that's clever that she did that. But, mm-hmm. yeah, she... Um, well, I'll just, I'll just read it. This is a little excerpt from her book. As Danny said, it's... She's, I forget what she's doing exactly, but she tries to go up an escalator that is out of order. And then this is what follows. Um, I've never killed anyone, but I've certainly wanted to. I may have a disorder, but I'm not crazy. In a world filled with gloomy, mediocre nothings populating a go-nowhere rat race, people are attached to my, people are attached to my exceptionalism like moths to a flame. This is my story. Once, while visiting Washington, D.C., I used an escalator that was closed, and a metro worker tried to shame me about it. Him. Didn't you see the yellow gate? Me. Yellow gate? Him. I just pulled- I just put up the gate. You were supposed to walk around it. Me. Silence. My face was blank. Him. That's trespassing. It's wrong to trespass. The escalator is closed. You broke the law. Me. I stare at him silently. Him. Visibly rattled by my lack of reaction. Well, next time, you don't trespass, okay? It was not okay. In explaining their horrible actions, people often say that they just snapped. I know that feeling. I stood there for a moment, letting my rage reach that decision-making part of my brain, and I suddenly became filled with a sense of calm purpose. I blinked my eyes and set my jaw. I started following him. Adrenaline started flowing. My mouth tasted metallic. I fought to keep my peripheral vision in focus, hyper-aware of everything around me. Trying to predict the movement of the crowd, I was hoping that he would walk into a deserted hallway where I would find him alone. I felt so sure of myself, so focused on this thing that I had to do. An image sprang to my mind, my hands wrapped around his neck, my thumbs digging deep into his throat, his life slipping away under under my unrelenting grasp. How right that would feel. But I know that I but I know I had been caught in a megalo, megalomaniacal fantasy. And in the end, it didn't matter. I lost sight of him. And yeah, that's one particular example that is definitely, I would say, 
a more extreme reaction than an empath would have <clears throat> in that situation. Also, um, I would say that that was one of the different that that would probably be one of the differences between like a, a sociopath and an atypical that right there yeah i would yeah. say that yeah. that would be a major yeah difference. i mean yeah. mainly just like like on paper like what yeah if there yeah. Was anything yeah different definitely the right. biggest thing between those because i was listening to or no maybe it wasn't that i don't know i've done a lot of shit today in the name of research and it's all kind of blending together but somebody brought up the facts about people who are on the spectrum and people who are sociopaths and i guess the fundamental thing about the difference between the two is that Someone who is atypical, they are, and I, I truly hate using this word, so please do not think that I mean this the way that it's coming out, but they are normal other than the fact that they don't have the ability to socialize the way that normal mm-hmm. people do. Yeah. And both of those normals were in air quotes, BT dubs. A sociopath... Uh, they have the ability to function in society, but it's most of the time some kind of act. Yeah. We have to present ourselves in a particular way because we don't understand the fundamentals of socializing, but it's not so much from something that's underdeveloped. It's more just the way that we do it is so drastically different. Um in this particular instance, it comes out a lot more animalistic that she wanted to hunt this guy down. Mm-hmm. I have definitely been in that situation. I've never followed anyone, but I have definitely dwelled on like the fantasy of doing something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a, another point. And- and I think, like, the the biggest difference in, for these situations, because, like, it's not like that, like, I haven't come across, like, a situation like that where I have, like, fantasized about, like, killing someone because I'm so fucking irritated. Right. But, like, the difference between, like, the empath and <clears throat> sociopath in that situation is with empaths, we have, like, this moral compass of, like, ugh, but I'm not going to do that because it's wrong. Right. That is, that's just a really bad thing to do exactly. morally. Right. For a sociopath, it's, oh, I'm not going to do this thing because the consequences outweigh the gain. Like, I, I might get caught. Yeah. So like, there's no I point. might get caught. I might serve prison time. That is not advantageous to my life goals, so I'm not going so to, I'm do not do it, to do it, yes. even though I really fucking want to. The best way to describe a sociopath is to actually explain empaths and psychopaths and the differences between those two. Ooh, yeah. An empath is someone who can connect with other people almost on a mystical level. Like, you just... You have the ability to feel what other people feel. That's that's what empathy is. A psychopath cannot feel anything, whether or not they want to, because not all psychopaths are going around murdering people. Most of them probably want to, but that's because of like the animalistic urge that just comes from within them. Mm-hmm. But that's why the best example I can think of comes from a fictional thing, but... In the third season of Daredevil, they have the character Bullseye show up, and he's a full-on psychopath, and he goes to a psychiatrist to help him get all of those urges and things under control, mm-hmm. and I use this all the time now. With I just feel so much better saying it since he did that. She tells him, like, whenever, oh, somebody's, like, having a bad day, she's like, man, that sounds really hard. Like, it's just, 
you just have to try and practice it and keep doing it. Practice sounding genuine and everything. Yes. Yeah. Because I remember that. Psychopaths cannot feel emotions, <clears throat> but they can understand the concepts of them and they can emulate them. Mm-hmm. Where an empath just feels emotions. Right. A sociopath feels their own emotions, but it's more like they experience them. They're just a thing that I have. They're not a part of me. And I think, can you explain the, the volume dial? There's there's a there's an analogy in Confessions of a Sociopath um, about how she can dial in to certain emotions oh, at yeah. will. Mm. Like a, she describes it like a radio. Yes. Like she kind of has to... Another thing to remember is that sociopathic people, yes, feel emotions, but they are primarily logic based. Mm-hmm. So it's you analyze what the people around you are kind of doing or feeling or expressing, mm-hmm. and you try to dial in to emulate that. So that's right. something that psychopaths and sociopaths both share is and trying to project those things. Okay. And the fact that once you dial in, you can like what she, how she describes she can turn up the volume on that emotion at will so she can go like she can be sad and she can choose to be like kind of sad or if it's like a situation that calls for more sadness she can literally turn up turn the, up the sadness, sadness dial in her brain like at will yeah to emulate to like go forth and like blend into society but right. it's a it's a logic or it's a deliberate choice rather than an empath it's a natural reaction yes that's the best way to explain that is it. so weird right <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i cannot imagine being able to turn your em- emotions on and off because i can't do that yeah my emotions run me like a motherfucker yeah now i can con- i can subvert those emotions like I can like you know overcome them, but hell, mm-hmm. it, yeah, it does. It's not like I can just you know turn it on and off. It just yeah. doesn't work that way. That's and that would be nice though. And that for those great. of you who are listening who can relate to some of the things that we're talking about about uh, psychopaths and sociopaths, like <clears throat> it does not make you a sociopath or a psychopath. Yes, it does. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It does. <laughs> He's lying to you. Hey, hey. <laughs> Rain it in. That was a double pun for the haze. Yeah, wow. for the hay. Yeah. 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 Um, you're, you're ridiculous. Yeah. Hey, hey. Yeah. Swear to God. I'm going to start calling you Elmer. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. But anyway, um, make sure that if you are feeling like you are relating to any of these things and you're really, really concerned, go see a psychologist. Psychiatrist. Psych. Psych. Psychologist and then psychiatrist. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Don't... If you do feel like you're a, a sociopath or a psychopath, one of the things that might be an indicator is if you've gone to therapy and you felt like that has not helped you in any way, other than affirming what you already know to be true. A therapist would be... A therapist, yes. A therapist. <laughs> yeah. You should go see a therapist. Well, yeah. no, like, I've gone to therapy... I've gone to a couple of people just by myself. I've gone to a couple of people with my family Mm -hmm. and I swear to God, like nobody ever wants to admit it, but every single time I, the therapist has just told me things that I already knew were true. Like Like things with my dad. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Like, I have a really just... We don't have a relationship. We right. just don't. Um, he does not see me as an equal human. So... It's always something of, like... I'll say to him, like, why can't you just, like... If you want me to take out the garbage, instead of saying, take out the garbage, to me, that's an open interpretation. It just needs to be taken out. If you say, take out the garbage at 8 o'clock, I'll take out the garbage at 8 o'clock. Like, that's going to happen. And then if we get into a fucking argument about something, I'll be the one to say, like, you know what? No, I'm not doing this. I need to leave. And I'll leave. And then I always get yelled at for those things. Now, when we went to a therapist, the four of us, me, my mom, my dad, and my sister, we brought up some of those things. And the therapist suggested to my dad, if you want him to do something, you should give him, like, specific parameters. Mm -hmm. If you want him to take out the garbage, say, take it out between this time and this time. Yeah. It's like... I I'm pretty sure I said that. I I'm I'm almost certain. Ugh, I, I don't know. Like, and if you two of you are in the middle of an argument, and you're afraid that things might get bad, then one of you should just leave. Like, oh my god, that sounds eerily familiar. So familiar. <laughs> like, I just can't. Literally every time I've ever gone to a therapist, it has not done me any good other than, like I said, affirming those things that I've already been working on. Because to me. They are the logical thing to do. Why mm. would I want to hang around somebody that I'm just going to constantly fight with? But has he taken the therapist's advice? Right. Oh, God, no. That's this is what yeah, see, I was about. just going to say. I, mean, I, was I like, didn't think so. I was like, in no. kind of, yeah, I didn't yeah. think so either, but I just wanted to uh, no. ask. Because I was like, you know, it's like a two-way thing where he has to then try that. No, literally, it's, like, it's gotten to a point with, between my mom and my dad going mm-hmm. to therapy, just for the two of them. That even the therapist is like, I don't know how to help you if well, you don't want to work with her. Okay, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. The only way to get help is for you to help yourself yeah. as yeah. well. Like, yeah. it's someone helping you to help yourself. You have to want to do something about the situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, your dad just wanted you to listen to him, period. Yeah. I think I, that's how it, I think that's how Probably, it's but like, that's. I mean, I mean yeah. that's just what it is because I think it's like a whole. That's a whole like uh, that's another generation thing where it's just like you're a, yeah. a child, you know, and you're yeah. supposed to listen to the parent. And my you just life didn't with listen my dad. in the way that he wanted you to. Yeah, I feel so, like I feel like everything that I really know about your dad because I haven't I haven't met Luca's dad a super ton of times. It's only been a very very few handful mm-hmm. that just he. I feel like his idea of parenting when he became a father is a lot different than what actual parenting. Oh no. Yeah. Is. Cause he's a military like, guy and he was also, raised. Yeah. But like, I mean, there are military guys that are great dads. Well, no. Yeah. yeah but he was like, he's a military guy and he was raised ridiculously strict mm. and yeah. like, you know, he comes from a time where like it was okay to hit your kids, that sort of thing. Yeah. He it's never hit two. me. He would only ever like spank me when appropriate. But like, like actually that's a good Looping back into all this nonsense. Back to sociopathy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Continuing on with that little bit of the the excerpt from her book. Um, where I just I scrolled down. Here we go. Um, so this is her speaking again. These, this is another excerpt from the book. Um, Remorse is alien to me. I have a penchant for deceit. I am generally free of entangling and irrational emotions. I am strategic and canny, intelligent and confident. But I also struggle to react appropriately to other people's confusing and emotional-driven and emotion-driven social cues. 
I was not a victim of child abuse, and I am not a murderer or a criminal. I have never skulked behind prison walls. I prefer mine to be covered in ivy. I am an accomplished attorney and law professor, a well-respecting academic who regularly writes for law journals and, advo- and advances legal theories. I donate 10% of my income to charity and teach Sunday school for the Mormon church. I have a close circle of family and friends whom I love and who very much love me. Does this sound like you? Re- uh, recent estimates say that one in every... T- one in every twenty-five pe- one in every twenty-five people is a sociopath. But you're not a serial killer. Never imprisoned. Most of us aren't. Only twenty percent of male and female prison inmates are sociopaths. Although we are probably responsible for about half of all serious crimes committed. Nor are most sociopaths incarcerated. In fact, the silent majority of sociopaths live freely and anonymously, holding down jobs, getting married, having children. We are legion and diverse. Um, and I want to see if there's another more just like general understanding of now this just goes more into the actual chapter. Um, yeah, it's called Confessions of a Sociopath Living in a Lifetime. Mm, hang on. A Lifetime of Living in Plain Sight? Something like that. Jeez. She also, she has a... Uh, a blog called Sociopath World. Oh, yeah. And she also has a Twitter, which I just found out about today, and I followed her. I'm super excited. <laughs> um, let me see if I can find the Twitter here. I don't know who that is. Oh, these I are my followers. Hmm? I, I said I want to read the book. It's, I, good. it's a very it's good. good book. It's a very good it seems book. like a pretty good It book. is the only thing that I've ever been able to find that's about sociopaths that's not... How to spot a sociopath and keep yourself safe? Yeah, it's or something like that. Because <laughs> it's from it's written from the perspective of a sociopath, of a natural sociopath. Yeah, and um, um, yeah, the her Twitter is also just sociopath world. So if you get the audiobook, I love yeah. the narrator. I forget her name. Barbara. It's not the person who writes the book, but yeah, she's she's yeah. very good. And it's funny because like as you were reading. I was, like, <laughs> also hearing it in her voice as well. And I was like, oh, yeah. it's like, yeah. It's, it's... Yes. But it's I'm really, going to put that. It was a very, very, I really enjoyed it. I you think I'm, like I'm going to read it. Honestly, Ryan, I think you will understand me significantly better, better. if you read this book. Because even <laughs> I, like, I was reading it and there were so many times I was just, like, when I always tell people, it's like when you're reading, like, a thing about your astrological sign and you're like, oh, my God, this thing is so me. It was like, oh, my God, this is so me and it's funny because so he so luca read the book and then i read it twice he just saying had come to me <laughs> and asked me he was like hey like i want you to read this book and i'll read whatever book you want me to read as long as you read this one i was like sure <laughs> so i was listening to it and at first like because i hate really any book that isn't like fantasy. sci-fi fantasy, <laughs> gay romance type of thing. <laughs> like I have never read a memoir. At at this point, I had never read a memoir, and I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be terrible." Because like I've tried before, and it's just not gonna be okay. So I started listening to it, and then like I like looked at my phone and looked at the, I looked at Audible, and I was like, "Oh shit, I'm already like two hours into this. Wow, this has gone by real fast and real fun." And I'm, like, reading it, or listening to it, and I'd just be, like, sitting in the car on the way home from work and be like, wow, this, this makes a lot of sense now. Like, like, 
Luca just oh okay yeah. right? all right I understand now that okay <sighs> so refreshing I can makes get sense, that right and and you've told me before that you don't relate to everything that comes out of the book no which if the book literally opens up with her drowning a baby possum in her pool because she can't manage to fish it out she's well, like well she <laughs> no she just oh no she does drown it yeah yeah i forgot she can't get it out she so she just decides out, to drown so it so she just, just decides to drown it to like end its misery and then she like she just casually calls because she teaches swimming lessons so she casually calls her students it's like there's a problem with the pool today lessons canceled and then she goes off to enjoy her free afternoon and then like animal control or something nope. comes gets the thing out and then she drops another chlorine tablet in the pool and yep. that's that Nope. And and no, yeah, I definitely day. do not identify no. with that at all. I yeah. can do it. No, <clears throat> yeah, I no. would be beside myself. Yeah, but absolutely not. <laughs> I have also always said I care significantly more for animals, for animals. than I do for humans. Yeah, yeah, significantly. And but the thing is, show... like, it always for me, it like depends. Like, it's always, it's very situational on yeah. whether or not like I will really feel something because like there'll be other times where it's like I feel nothing in this moment and it can be like somewhat close to the same situation maybe just like a minor difference that just makes that just causes me not to feel anything in this particular moment Mm -hmm. you know what i mean but in that moment where i like i wouldn't be able to save the animal i wouldn't i'd feel bad about drowning it i probably would do the same thing just to end its misery but i would I would have fucking jumped bad. in the pool. Yeah, I was gonna say I probably would have jumped. Wait, in the what, pool. wait, 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 wait. So what happened? What did? What it's happened? just she went out to go check on the pool. Okay. Um, she saw it like struggling, trying to get out. Just in the water. Yeah. Just okay. Water. I just thought maybe she. Was, it was like stuck in like the little like cleaning flap. Thing. Oh, I yeah. think like, maybe it was, and then like or that. it was like near it, but ultimately she just can't get it out. So she just literally she just takes the net and just keeps it under the water. Nah. Yeah. And then, okay. I don't know. like, I, I don't think know it kept like that. slipping out of the net. Yeah, or it kept like it kept like, fighting uh, because it was scared. It was scared yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then there's me. It's like I have somebody like hanging nah. out with me, and I push them into the pool to get the thing out. Yeah, <laughs> holding someone under there, like it's fine. I'm just trying to save this baby possum. Yeah, they're like flailing around. Um, real quick, going back to her Twitter, she has a pin tweet, so it's like the one that's always on the top of her page. It says, I'm not saying that sociopaths aren't responsible for their actions, but they're certainly not responsible for being sociopaths. And that's in quotations. I don't know if she actually said it, but Agreed. it's uh, another thing you can k- kind of compare it to is uh, Slytherin House and Harry Potter. What, what is it like? Not all Slytherins are dark wizards, but all, but almost all dark wizards come from Slytherin. Or mm-hmm. most of dark. Most yeah. Of there are the next one. That's in that what he line. said. He said almost all. Yeah. yeah. And then the next one in that line, just to knock us down a peg, because I'm a Ravenclaw, a Ravenclaw. That's the next in line for, um... For evil? For the most Dark Wizards. Oh. So Slytherin is first that makes most, sense. and then Ravenclaw underneath that. I feel like Gryffindor yeah. after that. Just because I feel like probably Hufflepuff. Gryffindor. And then Hufflepuffs, because they're just, they're Hufflepuffs. They're, they're Hufflepuffs. just, they love they're everybody. Nice. The most yeah, evil thing a Hufflepuff nice. does is they take all the eclairs of the party. Yeah. And exact revenge on somebody who hurt their friend. Yeah. Yes. Which, that's not really evil. No. It's just, you care too much. <laughs> <laughs> I care a lot. Um, so, going back to psychology today, um, APD describes an ingrained pattern of behavior in which individuals consistently disregard and violate the rights of others around them. 
First of all, that is not true because I do not go around like willy nilly, like stealing candy from babies and robbing homeless people's like shaking jars. Um, we literally did that last Saturday. That's true. (laughs) That didn't count. We were in Toledo. Okay. Well, I mean, she's just saying like violates the rights of others around them. What does she mean? Like violates the rights, like violates their personal, like stealing from people. Okay, so uh, cheating them, lying to people, just different, just doing bad things. And there's always, like I said, there's always going to be an ingrained pattern of behavior in which individuals consistently disregard and violate the rights of others around them. First of all, when you hear the word "violate," like that's that's a harsh word. It is. Like, it just, you know, it just bothers I mean, me. But you don't have to take it that way. But I, I see what she means, and that's that. Well, this that isn't her. Be... This is just this is just a, a psychology journal. Of a, of a yeah. Okay. This isn't okay. her. This isn't the okay. So this is the confessions the, like, book. Okay, no. got it. Got it. Um, APD, anti antisocial personality disorder. Uh, the disorder is best understood within the context of the broader category of personality disorders. A personality disorder is an enduring pattern of personal experience and behavior that deviates noticeably from the expectations of the individual's culture, is pervasive and inflexible, has an onset in adolescence or early adulthood, is stable over time, and leads to personal distress or impairment. Hmm. Um, So most of the time, it's not really going to affect your day-to-day life so much as it can lead to stress, depression, anxiety, different things like that. It's a gateway disorder. Yeah, essentially. (laughs) So, like, ultimately, yeah, all of those things, they do intermingle. It just kind of depends on what what your symptoms are, how they manifest, when they manifest, like, all those different things. Yeah. So that's why I said, to me, to be specifically a sociopath or a psychopath is something that you were born as. Right. Mm-hmm. Where all the other disorders and things are things that are gained that are over nurtured. time okay. because yeah. of your environment. I don't remember if we said it before, but there are different... Like, if if Luca's a sociopath and I'm a sociopath, we may not be the same type of sociopath. Yeah, Factual. like there's there are different. It's like a I wouldn't even, would you say it's, it's a, like a scale? It's a scale. Yeah, yeah. It's, there's like a scale because ultimately are all there, it is is it, is it that there are different types of sociopaths or that different degrees or degrees? That, I would say degrees. Yeah, because yeah. like I mean, I would say that a sociopath is like the same. Like, all sociopaths are the same, yet when it comes to, like, how they were nurtured in their environment and stuff like that, yes, you correct. come out to be And it's also yeah. a matter of what you you choose to do with your life. Mm-hmm. She, in the Confessions book, she's, she attends the Mormon church. Mm-hmm. In the book, she describes it specifically as, if it's real, then she gets a really cushy afterlife, because honestly, Mormons kind of have, like, the best... Their, their afterlife is pretty sweet. Yeah. Everybody gives Mormon shit, and, like, yeah, they have some issues. They have a lot of issues, but... Yeah. and But a lot of the stereotypical Mormon issues are Mormon Orthodox, and regular Mormons are like, no, we are very different. Yeah. <laughs> My mm-hmm. mom is baptized Mormon. I have a little bit of a background in it, so I can say that. But before you continue, I did want to touch on... I think it's fascinating the fact that... Um, she uses the Mormon church and the Mormon guidelines as like, that's her moral compass because she doesn't have one for herself. She uses the moral compass of the Mormon church to live by the life that she wants to live because she wants that cushy afterlife if it exists. 
she doesn't know if it exists, but she is going to do If it does, she she's going to. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, that's what I was going to say. It's like, she's like, oh, if sorry. it exists, well, no, it's, she says, if it exists, then I'm golden for the afterlife. If not, then I had a pretty it's sweet pretty life as life. it is. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's, yeah. that's cool. And like, um, the fact that people, like sociopaths, just, like, they can find certain moral codes on their own. And they may not all be the same, which is another reason why they're all different. Yeah. Yeah. Humanity. Um, which yeah. comes as another part of, like, the whole nurturing. Oh, no, yeah. Will. That's why I brought that Granted, up. Granted, it's a she, conscious choice. Yeah, she does the Mormon religion as her, like, guidelines to life, mm-hmm. where I tend to model myself as best I can after superheroes, video game characters, mm. um... Just those different types of things. That's Batman. Basically, yeah. Like I very heavily, and it's also just because I'm gay. I very heavily identify with the X Men specifically, specifically the teen X Men because I'm very young at heart, which is also another sociopathic trait. Um, just the wanting to to do something, whatever it is. Even if, like, maybe there's a little chaos involved along the way. Like, some broken buildings. I get to fight people. Like, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's antisocial personality disorder. And then I also have psychopathy here. Um, psychopathy is among the most difficult disorders to spot. The psychopath can appear normal, even charming. Underneath, he lacks conscious and empathy, making him manipulative, volatile, and often, but by no means always, criminal. They are objects of popular fascination and uh, clinical anguish. Adult psychopathy is largely impervious to treatment. The programs are in place to treat callous, unemotional youth in hopes of preventing them from maturing into psychopaths. Mm. Um, In terms, psychopath and sociopath are often used interchangeably, but in correct parlance, a sociopath refers to a person with antisocial tendencies that are ascribed to social or environmental factors, where psychopathic traits are more innate, though a chaotic or violent upbringing may tip the scales for those already predisposed to behave psycho- psychopathically. Um, and then real quick, I also have one for empathy here. And then we can jump over to what Ryan's got. I was looking for that. I could not find that. Yeah, thing. I couldn't find any of them. I literally found the page for sociopathy after like 10 minutes of searching. <laughs> Because, again, I couldn't find anything that wasn't, like, flat-out, sociopaths are dangerous, yeah. stay away. It took a minute. Yeah, like, it, it takes a while. And then I found all the others by clicking links from that page. Yeah. Because I also wanted it to be from a journal that was, like, actually credible. Yeah. And not just, like, stacysociopathpage.org. JK. Yeah. Um... Empathy is the experience of understanding another's person, another person's thoughts, feelings, and condition from his or her point of view, rather from one's own. Empathy facilitates pro-social or helping behaviors that come from within, rather than being forced, so that people behave in a more compassionate manner. Although there may be individual differences in empathy based on genetic differences, research suggests it is possible to boost the capacity for em- empathetic understanding. And that... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely... Yeah. A difference that I can relate to because as soon as I read it, I was like, I don't, I don't feel what other people feel because you're feeling it. I relate to it because 
Because you've experienced it before. Yeah. Like I, I said about... See, I've always... That thing, I've always known about you. Yeah. That you cannot understand somebody if you haven't gone through it before. I can't. I really I, can't. Watched, it's not that I don't want to. Yeah, you just can't. Yeah. yeah. I didn't... I always... I think... Well, you know, being a person that didn't really know how to human... How to human? <laughs> I didn't... I used to think that you just didn't want to. Because I'm like, why can't you just be understanding of these people? Like, like I, th- I think I've always been like willing to understand people you know what i mean like i don't i don't i don't understand everything that that someone is going through but i've always been willing to like try to to understand what you mean and what you may be feeling just so i have a frame of reference if this ever comes up again you know what i mean like or just to be able to build off of that and um I used to like not understand why you why you yeah. were like that, but I knew that was one thing that I definitely knew was that you did not have the capacity to understand if you have not experienced it yet. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the reasons why I don't identify with my race as a black quote unquote person, but I do very much connect with being gay because I've experienced persecution being a gay person. More where so. I haven't really, like I said, I've never really ever felt racism. Like true, actual, like yeah. hatred, like or even towards you. Yeah, other than, and no, honestly, I really can't think. Like of not enough to really affect you as much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, it's and, just like, yeah, you know, it's one of the reasons why I don't, I don't like funerals. I don't like going to them. I don't like having to deal with it. I've never had anyone close. The closest thing that's died to me are my pets. <laughs> yeah. Factual. I yeah. do, I cannot. I do not feel for people that I were I wasn't very close to. That definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. really hard for me to do. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's understandable. Yeah. Yeah. I because they weren't a big part of your life. Yes. Yeah. That's and that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, even it's just like even family members or like someone else is like I I definitely don't have those kind of feelings. Like I just do not feel for people that I did not have like a really close relationship with, you know? Yeah. And sometimes I feel bad because I feel like I'm supposed to, or you feel like you're supposed to have these feelings or Mm. something. But I'm like, I just don't. Yeah. So usually, so like, I fully understand what you mean. And usually if I'm in those situations, like I, that's where like, I use my empathy. Like I tap into like whoever I do care about, whoever Mm -hmm. is feeling like Ryan, if your if your mother died, I'd be like, oh, no, I don't really care. But, like, I care about you. Right. And I would be I would be emotionally distraught because I know that you are. Right. And that is what would hurt me. Yeah. Like, not the Agreed. loss of your mother. Like, I, I've i met her once. Right. Twice. Once. No, I've, I've literally met I your mother once. I think you once. met her, like, one time. Um, yeah. And so, like, I wouldn't necessarily care that your that mother has died. passed. Yeah. I would care the fact that you are so are emotionally hurt and so affected by it that's what i would be sad about that's why i would cry i understand that, that. and like a lot i of can times, do that yeah. yeah and if i go to like a funeral and i don't care who died like that's what i do like i find somebody who i do care about and i'm like oh like i'm so like what can i do for you like mm-hmm. like what how can i help how you can with i this? help like yeah. i want to help you because i'm i'm sad that you're sad mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think that's usually like uh the route that i would usually go is just like how is it that i can um help this situation like even in the smallest way like what can i do to kind of like make this thing better Mm. i don't necessarily like emotionally identify or attach to what you may be feeling however i know that you are feeling a certain way so let me 
try to do something about that because I do care about you. Yeah. Even if yeah. it's just in a tiny way. Mm-hmm. Same. But mine's more like, oh man, that sounds really hard. <laughs> you want to do something fun? You want to go to Taco Bell? Yeah. Yeah. That is you. Like, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've oh said God. it before. Like, that makes it so much I'm, easier to understand. And really, though, like, that has come in handy so many times with Luca and I. Like, his his way of coping or of, of helping somebody cope is actually, like, if you understand it and you go with it, it is very helpful. There have definitely been times where I'm like, I... So I suffer from anxiety issues, and there have definitely been times where, like, I will call him up. And I'm like, "Talk to me. I just just talk," and he will just he he just figures out how to distract you. Like mm-hmm. there'll literally be times where I'm like, I don't know. He'll talk about his bagel that he ate that morning. Yeah, like, <laughs> and literally, like, like I'll be eating bagel, and like Danny calls me, like, "Yo, what up? I need you to talk to me. This bagel's fucking disgusting." Yeah, I got this sh- new schmear, and this bitch. This is why I don't like trying new things. I spent four fucking dollars <laughs> on this goddamn schmear, yeah, and then just like, yeah, it's great. If you need somebody to like to hold you and to hug you and to like just have their shoulder ready for you to cry their tears into, I will get you like a blow up doll in a bucket. That's not true. It's not true. No, it's not true. Because Because then I have to buy a bucket and a block. I mean, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> I mean, yes, but that's not what I was talking about. Yeah. So, um, about six months ago I broke up with um a long term boyfriend. We were together for yeah. about two years. And right after it happened, I had I'd called him up and and I was like, Come over. Like, you need to come over right now. And he was in the area already. He came over and I literally like went up to him and like almost virtually like collapse in his arms bawling like if literally anyone else had done this i i don't know what i would have done i'd be like yeah oh god and like i just need you to not and then like pull them off of me like set them down gently no <laughs> but just to give a little bit of context i had just gotten off of work i got off early and we were already potentially going to be hanging out but i wasn't sure and i was planning on seeing a movie if we didn't hang out I worked at a bar at the time at a movie theater. So I sat down at the bar. I was just like talking with my coworker. She literally just made me a drink. Oh yeah. And he literally, I got it in front of me and my phone lights up and it's Danny. I'm like, and immediately I kind of knew why he was calling just because we were at that. Yeah. We were were like at that stage. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, Oh, and I picked it up and then, yeah, that happened. And I looked at her and I was like, cause she knows him too. It was like, I need to go over to Danny's house. This is Cassie. Yeah. Yeah. But I can't finish this. I really don't want to have to pay for it. And she's like, it's fine. I'll just say that I spilled it or something. Like, thank you. And I just like, it. But yeah, no, like if you need someone, yeah, you're literally the only person that works for just because we're, we're besties. Yeah. But anyone else, like I'll take your mind off of it. I'm good at that. Yeah. I'm fun. Cause if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. That's true. I say that all the time too. That's true. He Mm. does say that. Yeah. Yeah. I internalize like a motherfucker. That's great. Let's just take it all in and just hold it. (laughs) And that's usually like what I do. And and Luca knows. He knows that I do that a lot. But that was just, that was like, there was no more holding it in. There was was too much. It was overflowing. It literally coming out of my eyes. (laughs) And my nose. Yep. It was bad. Everything was coming out. Really bad. Just a mass exodus of most of my facial bodily fluids. Like it was just bad. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. 
Um, so, so talking about empathy, yeah, Ryan's got some stuff. Actually, which, wait, real quick before whoa, we talk about Ryan's, okay. I have one more thing I want to add on to. <laughs> Shoot, <laughs> the sociopaths. Okay, so one of the things that Emmy Thomas talks about in her book. Confessions of a Sociopath, and I'm just going to repeat that as much as I can, because I just want to promote so that good. book. It's so good. It is a fantastic book. Like, just from the narrator alone, her voice, oh, it's you need you should delicious. tell them how you felt about her voice. So, like, what, when it started, her voice is very, like, it sounds kind of mechanical, but it's very, like, soft and soothing. To me, it was like listening to a fucking white noise machine going to sleep. This bitch sounds amazing. And then Danny is like, he starts reading. He's like, so I'm reading it, and I really don't like her. Like she sounds very like, not off putting, but like distant and kind of like, cold and like robotic a little bit. Yeah. And then eventually, like I got super into it, and I'm like, okay, yeah, no, 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 this is this, this is, is good. still good. This is fantastic. Yeah. This is good. no, no. I like this voice now, <laughs> but yeah, it's good. Um, it's good stuff. So she, Emmy Thomas, talks about um, one of the like key things that she always asks because on her blog she like has people asking her if she thinks that they are a sociopath Ooh, yeah and so she'll ask them certain questions and one of the one of the first things that she asks is what is your sexual orientation or like what are you into like how's your sex life and uh, she notes that like majority not all majority of sociopaths are sexually fluid um, where they uh, it's more pansexual okay since we just yeah. you know talked about sexuality it's more of the pansexual scale it and it can go like lean towards either way but like they are a little more sexually fluid yeah she huh. says that she's always been sort of ambivalent about her and her, gender, her right? sex and her gender and her race um and i i definitely have always been ambivalent about my race I think any time that I've been like, there was a time when I was younger, younger that I would always do things that were predominantly white, like in terms of characters and things like that, because that's, that was the world that I lived in. Like I lived with my mom, my parents were, they weren't married when they had me. They didn't get married till I was like nine. So I would live between the two of them sometimes. And so my mom, my older brother, my older sister are all white. My whole mom's family is all white and we see them all the time. Meanwhile, my dad's the only black person I know other than Ryan and, like, a couple of, like, school friends. And my whole dad's family lives in North Carolina. So I was very attached, shall we say, to being white. And when I finally, like, fully accepted myself for being gay, I was extreme. Like, I did that, like, whole cringing thing about vaginas and things like that. Mm -hmm. When in reality, and this is another sociopath trait, you either feel nothing or you feel a lot like and I for, for for the male physical form I feel a lot but I feel absolutely <laughs> nothing when it comes to like sexual desire for desire the for form. the for the female form um in terms of my gender I gender queer I don't really hey dude hey girl hey bitch I I call her girl I call him dude yep. I don't care what you call me as long as you call me Okay, so now we get to move on to Ryan's segment. Honestly, I, I don't have a lot of segment stuff, mm, to be that's honest. That's not what I heard. Yes, it is. Exactly <laughs> what you heard. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I don't know, because 
I was thinking that I would categorize categorize myself as being empathic, but I I don't feel this much. Like as much as they say that like empaths and stuff do, I don't necessarily um, agree with all of that. Like I don't necessarily yeah. feel that much for other yeah. people. The um, same way that I'm not at the same level that. Thomas is yeah yeah like sociopathy um so I just kind of went through I just kind of want to go through like 10 traits of it that empathic people tend to share and kind of tell you guys which ones I I identify with okay so I guess we we can just go through that trained psychologists here so you can take our words for it Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah I'm highly trained so for the first one it would be number one is empaths are highly sensitive empaths are naturally giving spiritually open and good listeners now i wouldn't say that i was you know we're gonna just keep reading <laughs> you were gonna go with the i really thing. was i was gonna go into it but i was like hold on maybe i should give the whole exposition empaths are naturally giving spiritually open and good listeners if you want heart empaths have got it through thick and thin, these world-class nurturers will be there for you, but they can easily have their feelings hurt too. Empaths are often told that they are too sensitive and need to toughen up. Um, I have been called sensitive yeah. a pretty decent amount when I was younger. Um, and I always thought that like, or either not either sensitive or just like a person who didn't let things affect them too much mm-hmm. and i i think i got to actually i think i got to a point where i was i was at a point where it was like i didn't let things affect me too much and then i started to think that maybe i should mm-hmm. like maybe i should be more of a person who uh I guess holds on to things more. Feels more. Yeah, who feels more because I guess I just really I really didn't like take in too much when I was a younger person. Um so I think that was like an actual mechanism that I just switched and I haven't actually been able to switch it off. Mm-hmm. I'm getting to a point where I can, but I wasn't after I decided that I just was going to be this person who feels more. And that's where I started to like um internalize everything and not really um let anything out so i think i became more of an open wound Mm -hmm. (laughs) so not highly sensitive in like the good way Mm -hmm. highly sensitive in more of a a negative way where i just kind of like um just let everything in and never really expressed Mm -hmm. um so i couldn't say that i identify with one yeah that's okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So, okay. So, I know while you were talking, I was thinking about an analogy, and you guys are going to hate me for this one. Oh my but God. is this another it. horse? Yes. <laughs> it totally is. So, I just made me think of like, I feel like empaths are like a pack of wild horses mm-hmm. where they do what they want, they go, they just do whatever they feel like. I mean, that sounds really like bad i feel like that sounds a little worse than it it should but like they are more free they Mm -hmm. less controlled whereas like sociopaths are like they have the pens with all their horses in order they are very trained they can do anything that the like the stallion horses can do but they can also yeah they can also stop it's at will (laughs) and they can stop 
Like, it's it's having control over your horse rather than having the horse control you. Right. Having your horse emotions control you. But, okay, so I just your wish any, everybody could see Luca's face right now because he's trying like, to comprehend your this. Your horse motions. <laughs> I, I understood what you Yeah, I horse motions. Like, I think I get it. Like, like... It's kind of like how trained horses. Yeah, it's like they're trained because they have the ability to like um, turn their feelings and stuff on and off. Uh, They can can run really fast and stop if they want, or like it's very controlled, very orderly. Whereas an empathic person would be like a stallion horse that just kind of like runs around, just runs around, and you have to like herd it into like like, you have (laughs) to like herd it into the corral of like okay, I need to get this emotion under control. (laughs) I can't. It can, in a way, be like um like uh, what do they call it? Like a hive mindish type of deal, where like if a bunch of wild horses are together, they all you know run together, and when one decides to go left, they all just like hurl. Yeah, they just yeah they just yeah they just all go left. So it's just Stop like crying. <laughs> pretty much. Like it's just out of control, man. Okay, so sorry and for so, interrupting. No, you're good. You're good. That <laughs> worked, that it. totally works. And so then two would be empaths absorb other people's emotions. And then their exposition exposition is um empaths are highly attuned to other people's moods, good and bad. They feel everything, sometimes to an extreme. They take it. They take on negativity, such as anger or anxiety, which can be exhausting for them. If they are around peace and love, though, their bodies take these on and flourish. Um, this, is tr- this, I think, is a little bit more true for me when I actually allow myself um, to... How do I explain this? It's like allowing myself... To feel without all of my unnecessary. Uh, Can you do me a favor and paraphrase? Paraphrase? That one? Yeah, paraphrase that one for me. Because I got a little lost. Here. Oh, okay. The empaths absorb other people's emotions? Oh, okay. Sorry. I Okay, so full disclosure. I was thinking about horses. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I was like, okay, maybe I can ask you to paraphrase for me and I'll understand. <laughs> so that good listener trait. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, I wish I had, like, more information, but I'm just, I was reading these, and I was like, some of these I really, like, identify with, and others it's just like, no. And I definitely, I think I tend to be very closed. Yeah. And that's where the empathic part or the introverted part comes in, because that's the next one. That's three. So that's super funny, because, like, I'm the complete opposite. You absorb all the emotions? Oh, I absorb everything. If I... So, I'm a hairstylist. I've mentioned this before. And if I have, like, a string of clients that are just in bad moods, mm-hmm. good lord, it is so hard to not be in a bad mood. Like, and it's really hard for me to, like, come out from that. Mm-hmm. And I have to, like, make a very, very hard conscious effort to, like, take a deep breath, take all of those emotions that I just absorbed... Because they just vented about how their husband is cheating on them. Yeah. Like, and, uh, like, just wash it away. I'm like, no, this is not my life. These are not my emotions. This is not affecting this me. This is not me. And it takes a lot of work for me. Yeah, it takes a minute. Which is one of the reasons why, like, after work, like, I'm so exhausted. Like, I don't want people to come over all the time. Like, I'm, I want to be at home alone. 
I am drained. I am drained. <laughs> like, and that's mostly because like I take on a lot of other people's emotions. And yeah. if I have a really good day at work, if I have a string of clients and they are just hilarious, on fire, super fun, I get off of work and I'm like, all right, like let's do something. Like, what are we doing? Let's go over to Rick's, our friend Rick. And like, what are we? <laughs> like, what are we doing? And uh, like that definitely, definitely has an effect on me. Absolutely. That's okay. why I should always come over after you have a bad day at work. Mm. Yeah, but sometimes you're in a bad mood and it picks it. it That's why I need to come over after I have a bad day when you're at work. (laughs) (laughs) I'm an extrovert. Like, if I I need to be with people if I'm in a bad mood because it'll just make me feel better. Yeah. But anyway, continue. Mm, I'm I'm starting to learn some things. Anyway. (laughs) Um. So number three is many empaths are introverted. Empaths become overwhelmed in crowds, which can amplify their empathy. They tend to be introverted and prefer one-to-one contact or small groups. Even if an empath is more extroverted, they may prefer to limit how much time they spend in a crowd or at a party. Is, oh my god. Yep. Yes! yes. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> we can relate. Yeah! <laughs> Definitely. That is I, absolutely true. Yeah. I absolutely would prefer, like, smaller groups and stuff like that where you can, like, intimately get to know someone. Um, I I really like getting to know people, and I feel like you don't necessarily get that chance in, like, uh, big crowds and everything. And mm-hmm. I also don't... I'm not a big crowd follower, and when you get in big crowds and somebody decides they want to, like, do something, and then everybody's like, yeah, and I'm like... <sighs> yeah. Before you get back into the article that you're reading, mm-hmm. I read it before you came in, and I was amazed at how many things I actually under I I, I identify with from that list mm-hmm. for different reasons. So mm-hmm. what was number three? Many empaths are introverted. Yeah, and then like they the prefer like they don't like big crowds. Yeah, I don't like big crowds because like I'm I'm an extrovert for sure, but I'm an, I'm I'm an extroverted loner. I want small groups or like maybe like three people or one-on-one kind of thing because it's less variables that I'm not, I don't want to see that I'm not in control of, but more that there's less that I have to worry about. It's easier for you to manage a smaller space. Yeah. Yeah. Like agree. Yeah. This Okay. So this might sound really bad and it's not supposed to, but like you like smaller groups of people because then, like the attention can be on you more because you're an extrovert. Like you can, you have the ability to be your bigger personality without having more people to to combat that and compete with. Yeah. So it's not that that's, and I'm not trying to say that that's bad or anything. But another sociopath thing is that almost everything can become a competition. Oh God. Yeah. It's also going back a couple episodes to that thing where I always put like lists and categories and hierarchies and everything. That's all sociopathic things too. I, I am not a huge fan of one-on-ones, though. I do. Yeah, I don't like one-on-ones I do unless it's like, like with Danny. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it's very specific on like who I would want to be one-on-one with, but yeah. I definitely prefer like a group like three or more. Yeah, yeah. Like if it's that's, three, that's yeah. If it's if it's somebody else to kind of like just because I don't actually like to have that much attention on me. Yeah. So if there's somebody else there. Um, that makes it easier for me. It's a buffer. Yeah, it's a buffer. Yeah. And I yeah. just, I need that buffer because then I don't feel the need to constantly like talk or something like that. If yeah. it's a, if I'm, if I'm with somebody one-on-one, I prefer to be with somebody who talks a lot yeah. so that I can just listen to you talk. <laughs> and, and honestly, like 
with Ryan specifically that has been probably one of the best times for me like when we have our one-on-ones mm-hmm. like because that's where like I feel like we bond the most yeah because we end up talking about a lot of things mm-hmm. and like that's when you yeah for me at least specifically for me that's yeah. when you like really open up and like that's when we really talk about heavy stuff when mm-hmm. it's one-on-one so I love one-on-ones with most people with there most are certain people. people where I'm like dear god please do not leave me alone with this person because it is painful <laughs> <laughs> It really, it really depends for me. Um, yeah. But generally, groups love them. Mm-hmm. I'll take a group over. Small group. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, number four. Four. Number four. <laughs> four. I can see you're chomping at the bit here. Empaths are highly intuitive. Empaths experience the world through their intuition. It's important for them to develop their intuition and listen to their gut feelings about people. This helps empaths find positive relationships and avoid energy vampires. Yep. Yeah. Guilty. Guilty. As an energy vampire. Oh, yes. no, no, no. I, no, as an empath. Guilty Just as kidding. a... Yeah. <laughs> Guilty yeah. as avoiding. There's, there have definitely... Like, I have had some, like, completely wrong calls, specifically with Corey. Like, I will, that, I will immediately throw that one out there. I was totally wrong. I fully misjudged him. But that was, like, super early on. That was high school. And then, like, as I, like, got older and learned to, like, develop mm-hmm. that sense of myself, yeah. I can usually always tell now when somebody is going to be a problem in a work environment. <gasps> Same. I, I'm usually really good at that. Instant. Like, uh, I don't... There was somebody who was planning on taking over a business, and I immediately was like, that's a bad idea. That's a really, really bad idea. <laughs> and I called it when it was just a rumor and then it happened and it happened bad, bad. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was bad Terribly. it was really 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 bad and i after i left that place i just went to one of my coworkers and i was like hey so remember back when it was just a rumor and i said that's not a good that's idea. not a good idea <gasps> told you so yeah <laughs> like I, I always know now. Yeah. I think I was, I'm, I'm telling you, like, somewhere along the way in my, like, uh, growing up, I was broken. And now I'm, like, repairing because I was so much better at, like, at seeing people than I am. Back when I was younger than I am now. Like, yep. now it's a little bit more, like, <clears throat> muddled. And I don't always listen to my intuition just because i don't always yep. trust myself mm-hmm. enough to think that i'm making the right choice and mm-hmm. then i make some other choice that was definitely the wrong choice. yes that was definitely yeah. the wrong yeah. one yeah so that's the clinical depression <laughs> yeah yeah probably and then number five is empaths need alone time as super responders empaths find find being around people can be draining so they periodically need time alone to recharge. Even if a brief escape prevents emotional overload, for example, oh, yeah, even if brief escapes prevent emotional overload, for example, empaths like to take their own cars when they go places so they can leave when they please. Mm. Oh my goodness. That's like, that is so me. <laughs> I, I, do, I do not like driving with people because yeah. I'm trapped. I remember oh, I made that mistake. It's the worst, man. So many times that I would be driving and I would have like usually you or Christina with me 
and we're just kind of like well, you're you'd be like sitting there like waiting and i'm just like if you want to go just tell me you want to leave and we can leave because i'm not i'm not worrying about you like if you want something say the thing you want mm-hmm. and then we can go yeah i can but, agree with that one yeah because yeah. i will i mean if people are ready to go then generally i will go and if i really want to stay like then i'll just try to find some way to help you get, get out home. yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, to get yeah. out Mm. But yeah, I always have to have my own way out of a situation because I almost always want to leave something early. Like I rarely ever want to stay for the full event of anything. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and I just yep. I need to have that choice. I yep. need to have my out. Mm. So I definitely one hundred percent agree with that one. Need my own time. I, I definitely need my way out. I agreed with that. That was where I like realized how many of these I actually agreed with because. Mm. The needing the alone time for a sociopath comes from that needing to pretend to be whoever they need to be in that particular moment. Gotcha. So it gets to a point of like, I still want to be around people, but like, I need to like, just... You need some time to let your personas rest yeah. and just be, be yeah. you. I'm going to jump into that at the very end, but yeah, continue. And then six, empaths can become overwhelmed in intimate relationships. Too much togetherness can be difficult for empaths, so they <clears throat> so they may avoid intimate relationships. Deep down, they are afraid of being engulfed and losing their identity. For empaths to be at ease in a relationship, the traditional paradigm for being in a couple for being a couple must be redefined. And I don't know if I like totally agree with this one like becoming it engulfed in someone else's identity that's definitely that's not me i can i can relate to that yeah i mean like it doesn't even have to be in like a like a physical relationship even just like like a sibling mm-hmm. like i had essentially i had like a mental breakdown i remember that and yeah. um i like had gotten to this point where like I had felt, like, so close to my sister that I was like, wait, where does she end and I begin? (laughs) Like, I don't, like, our personalities are so similar. Yeah. And it took me a really, really long time to, like, come back from that. It took Mm -hmm. me months and and a conversation with her about it Mm -hmm. um, for me to really, like, come out of that. And that was something that I definitely learned about myself. And I was like, ooh, okay, I need to make sure that, like, I establish some like core anchors for myself and like things that are inherently me yeah and uh, like that's what i kind of like cling on to but like i definitely relate to that absolutely i think in a weird way it's like being i feel like a a very disconnected empath does that make any sense because yeah, it's like no, it's absolutely because like i don't feel you can, you can be an empath and not use your powers yeah like i don't i don't yeah. feel any i don't really feel any connection i don't feel like i really connect with anyone nobody except yeah. for like uh some i actually think i connect with danny a lot more but that's honestly because i think danny connects with like everybody I yeah I do because I, I, <laughs> I can connect with just about anyone. Yeah, exactly. So then it's it's not not to say that it isn't special, but it's also to say that it's not that special because Danny connects with everyone. Like but Danny I mean, is like really yeah. can be really close with just about anybody. Yeah. But like for for me personally, there's just no one. There's just no one like that for me. There's no one that I really connect with that really like understands things the way that I understand them or really feels them the way that I feel them. And mm-hmm. I don't even 
really know if I can always explain how how uh, deeply I feel things. Mm-hmm. So I just never seem to really make strong connections. I make very light, light touches. No, I feel like Webs. you just you make connections. You just don't make strong connections. Yeah, I mean light touches. Make I make I make very but light I feel like connections. It's more than that, though. I feel like it's more than light touches. I don't know. They I mean, that's why I always say that you're so likable. I mean, but that's that's I don't know. Like being liked is. That's I mean, right. yeah, it's not yeah. the same thing. That's, but... that's like nothing. Yeah. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So, um, seven, empaths are targets for energy vampires. An empath sensitivity makes them particularly easy marks for energy vampires, right. whose fear <laughs> or rage can sap their energy and peace of mind. These vampires may do more than drain an empath's physical energy, especially dangerous ones such as a narcissist, who lacks empathy and are only concerned with themselves. Can make, <clears throat> can make empaths believe they're unworthy and unlovable. Other vampires include the victim, the chronic talker, the drama queen, and more. And more. <laughs> yeah, it just has more. <laughs> I was like, I didn't look into the more, but yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know. Do you feel like you run into like a lot of vampires? Um, a lot of people like that. I I do feel like I, I run into some, especially because like being a hairstylist, I'm I'm exposed to the general public a fairly decent amount. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that there's definitely an aspect of learning how to cope with energy vampires and mm-hmm. learning how to deflect because I'm pretty sure that is the only reason Luca and I have been able to be as close as we are for as long as we have been. The deflection. Like, I know how to deflect his versions of his energy vampirism. Mm-hmm. That sounded that was that sounded like weird to me. I don't know why. But well, like, I wouldn't call myself an energy vampire. I out of the ones that they mentioned would say the chronic talker or the drama queen. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. But like probably more the chronic talker than the drama queen. Yeah, it's almost the drama queen. And like, you have a little bit of victim in you. A little bit, but that's yeah. I don't know. I don't think I run into like necessarily people like that. I think I run into a lot of people that tend to people like to pick on me or pick at me. That's true. Lot. I pick on you. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's it, it's it's different. It's it's like uh, the intent. Sometimes I really can't tell what the intent behind people doing it is and your intention i can always tell is never to hurt it's just like it's just funny yeah or it's just like goofy which makes me just like able to react yeah. like you know in a more positive if you will manner mm-hmm. or in a proper manner whereas like i feel like a lot of people are always trying to um put me down or something of the sort mm-hmm. so i think that is definitely a type of person that I tend to attract for whatever reason. I tend to run into people that love to pick. You know what? Yeah. Like now that I think about it, you've told a lot of stories. Yeah. I, I, I just, I run into people like that. I end up like making somehow making a friend of a person who likes to pick on me, which is, I don't know. I don't know. I'm working on myself. It's one of those, it's one of those things that happens a lot that, Especially if it is a sociopathic person, because it most likely is, unfortunately, mm-hmm. that sociopath and empathic people are drawn to each other because of the different things that they do. A sociopath is looking for somebody essentially to consume their energy, and an empath is 
they just have that energy that they connect to people. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of opposite the track sort of thing. I guess, but then it's also like, um, it's kind of like how Danny was saying that as he's gotten older, he's able to tell how to, how to stay away from people and how to like cope yeah. with certain things. Like that <clears throat> is one thing that didn't necessarily uh, happen for me. Is like that whole learning process of like um, yeah. how to um, find the people that I actually you know agree with and like people that I feel I can actually grow with I end up running into people and hanging with people that as as far as it looks don't like me mm-hmm. <laughs> but but they do I don't know no I, I get it's weird yeah. <laughs> don't so, nod your head Danny you don't understand no I do do you yeah <laughs> because I I've been friends with both of you for so long. Of course, yeah. I understand. We've, oh, we've had okay. yeah. yeah. Not, not the, I don't, I'm not saying I relate to it. That, yeah, that's I'm what I understand. Yeah. He said he's understanding. Yeah, which I think he does because I've talked about it. and I'm sure you've talked about it. Oh, so yeah. he's got a decent amount of information. And so moving on, eight empaths become replenished in nature. The busyness of everyday life can be too much for an empath. The natural world nourishes and restores them. It helps them release their burdens, and they can take refuge in the presence of green, wild things, the ocean, or other bodies of water. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I hate living in this basement, because it's so far away from nature for me that, like, like I have three window wells, and one of them is virtually invisible. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's in a way back corner. And then two of my other ones are partially covered up, but that's mainly because, like, in the mornings, I don't like light, light. and I just get real pissed. <laughs> but even so, like, that's the morning. That's really the only time I ever get light down here is in the morning. Mm. Other than that, like, none of no my window wells me. face where the sun's coming. Like, it's mm. just, it's terrible. Yeah. And uh, I, like, when I move out, like, I'm getting a place with a shit ton of fucking windows. I need that air. I need that o- open space. I want, I want like, seclusion. Like, I want my own, like, yard away from people where yeah. I have, like, privacy barriers up. Yes. And I can, like, lay out on my deck and mm-hmm. just be alone. Right. Outside. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can agree with that. I like to be alone outside. Yes. I think, Same. like, if I have a, bu- I don't want a bunch of, like, windows and stuff like that where, like, I can see my neighbors and... They can see me in mm. like I don't I do not like that because then I kind of feel like I'm on display or something. See, that's why I <laughs> Which want my, is weird. my place, my house away from everybody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I want it away. So like, if I you know am outside or whatever, there's not really anyone out here, and I can just kind of like lay out, or I can just kind of sit, and it's quiet, and it's just nature. Mm-hmm. It's that's it. It's yeah. not like a bunch of people. So I I can definitely say that I would agree with this one. Some people would say, would be like, Ryan, I'm never seeing you go outside. I'm like, yeah, well, I like going outside, okay? I go outside and, sometimes. And if <laughs> you, like, you like going outside, but it's not like you have, like, a super ton of opportunities. Yeah. To, just to like, be able to go. Just yeah. to be able yeah. to go out and, and be in that, that environment in that, that type you of want. environment, yeah. Because, like, a lot of the times, for me, so I live with my parents, and I would love, like, today... 
it was like 4.45. My dad had just gotten home. I was exhausted. I was just, I haven't really been feeling well today. Mm-hmm. And I like looked at the deck and I was like, oh, it's super nice outside. I could go and grab a pillow and then really literally out lay out on the deck. But my dad's home and like, I'm like right in plain view yeah. of like the in- inside of the house, and like that makes me very uncomfortable. I'm yeah. like, mm, no, no, yeah. no, yeah, no. Fine. It I'm has to be nobody's home, <laughs> yeah. or like, or like everybody's up on the top floor, mm. like napping, and nobody sees you doing this. Yeah, yeah, like I don't yeah. want people seeing me doing this. Right. Agreed. Mm-hmm. So then, moving to nine, empaths have highly tuned senses. An empath's nerves can get frayed by noise, smells, or excessive talking. Um, definitely, I won't say frayed. Definitely frayed by noises, not so much by smells. Smells actually bring about, like, a shit ton of memories. Like, I I have so many memories connected to, like, a smell. And I'll smell something, and it's like, if you ever seen That's So Raven, yeah. where she, like, has a yep. vision, like, that is me when I'll smell something and be like, oh, shit. I yep. just remembered, like, yeah. <clears throat> this whole, like, I remembered a classroom. I remembered something that happened in school because it smelled like I just got a whiff of, like, school smell. Yeah. And then I just like suddenly like have a thought about school or I just got a whiff of some cologne and like I know that this cologne is connected to a, a specific person because I always smell it on them. So mm-hmm. now that I've, I've just connected oh, yeah. that to them, you know yeah. what I mean? So like that um, memory is the strongest memory. Yeah. yeah, that's definitely like one of the super, super things. Yeah. Excessive talking. Uh, not so much. I can I can do with the noises yeah. um, mainly mainly because like. I mean, this is probably less because of me being an empath, but I have, like, some auditory processing issues. And Mm -hmm. so, like, when multiple people are talking at the same time, especially if they're talking directly to me, I don't hear either one of you. It is sound coming at me, and that is so frustrating. It's just noise. It's just noise. Mm -hmm. And, like, I don't ever get mad at people for doing it. Yeah. Because it it happens but like it's it's like a personal anger for myself yeah. i'm like god fucking damn it <laughs> okay so one of you one at a time i can't do both i'm so sorry like you first like yeah and, and then, you've done that and before that's you've been like oh, calm yeah. down like hold on yeah you go because i can't i can't <laughs> yeah 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 when it's stuff like that definitely i think it depend when it comes to like uh it depends on the noise like I can't, I can't stand screeches, and I can't stand bug buzzing. Oh at God, all. no! And and the thing is, like, bugs. And this is just like a this is a side note. Bugs love if it's a flying bug, they love to come near my ear. That's true. You said this before too. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it happens to anyone else, but I absolutely abhor the sound of a buzzing like Ooh. bug. Because usually abhor it's mosquitoes it. too. Yeah. Oh, I hate it. And they will be like, it's. I'm like, oh my god, why? It's <laughs> like, be- why can't you just like, like if you if they hit me in the face or like went across my eye or something, it would be annoying, but it wouldn't be as bad as that fucking buzzing sound in my ear. It's I because your ears it. produce so much heat and like the blood's Ugh. right there. Just thinking about it. And they like, can hey. sense it. 
Hey. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, hey, hey. I see you got a lot of blood in that ear. <laughs> like, hey. I'm actually way better. I'm I'm way more, um, I feel way more secure or like, uh, uh, yeah, that's secure. I feel way more secure when I'm outside and I have like headphones in or something like that. Oh, yeah. Or like even, even earplugs where I can still hear, but yeah. it's... It's not too much, you know what I mean? Because they're not when when it's stuff like that, then all of the little sounds and everything, and all of the little buzzing bugs and everything don't necessarily get to me. I can't hear all that extra stuff. So mm. then I'm I'm a little yeah, more yeah. zen. Yeah, I'm a yeah. little more. You yeah. Know. And it's funny. So with the mosquito thing, and I just also thought about it. So like, if a mosquito goes past your ear, you get angry. Yeah. Like that, and usually when you get angry blood tends to go more towards your face and your ears mm-hmm. yeah. because you get flustered which just exacerbates it yeah. and yep. it makes it even worse and that attracts them even more and then you get more mad and then you get more blood in there and they're like oh it's a fucking buffet <laughs> and I'm just yeah. like dude no. I can't stand it I can't I it's, wish I could it's literally like a watering hole yeah <laughs> I wish I could. I wish I could turn it off, but it's like, it's like people. You know how pretty much everyone has an issue with like the fork on the chalkboard, like the yeah. sound. Like that's yeah. what the buzzing is for yeah. me. It is. <clears throat> you just you stop me yeah. in my tracks. That's like that's like when I wash my hands and then touch paper. Like that. It's that same cringe feeling. Oh for really? Me. You get like that, super. Like, cringy? I cannot. Like <laughs> I have so like I used to work in the culinary industry and I had to wash my hands all the time. And, uh, like, I had, we would get, like, you know, paper tickets mm-hmm. that would print off, and I would make certain coworkers, like, if I just freshly washed my hands, I would make other coworkers grab it. Really? Oh, yeah. I'd be like, Mark, you gotta, you gotta, can you, do can this you grab that order? Please? Thanks. <laughs> just put it up there. And I, they, they, they never knew. Like, that I, because I played it off so well, and I would just be like, oh, like, can you just grab that for can me? Can you just grab it for me, please? Yeah. Gotcha. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Okay. So last one, 10, empaths have huge hearts, but sometimes give too much. Empaths are big hearted people and try to relieve the pain of others. A homeless person holding a cardboard, I'm hungry sign at a business intersection, a hurt child, a distraught friend. It's natural to want to reach out to these people and ease their pain, but empaths don't stop there. Instead, they take it on. Suddenly, they're the one, suddenly they're the one feeling drained or upset when they're, when they, when they felt fine before, which was you, yeah, that's yep. super you did. Yeah, as, dude, as soon as I as I pass a like a homeless person, I'm like, it's like a metaphorical knife to my heart, and it is just terrible. Yeah, it's so bad. And it like, is bad. so my sister lives in Cincinnati, and Cincinnati has a really high homeless population, mm-hmm. and at least yeah, and um, there's like this strip of like people in tents, mm-hmm. like right in the middle of the city and like we drive by and i'm like oh oh oh, oh, oh god like i'm dying this is terrible i can't i, <laughs> I can't, can't even look this. and like i literally i have to like focus on my phone and literally not look at anything because if i don't i just i feel you feel horrendous. i feel terrible about myself meanwhile mm. i'll see somebody with like a need five dollars for food and i'm just like driving by like same bro <laughs> Oh my god. As I pull into Burger King Same. and order a cheeseburger and a slushie with the last of my five dollars. Yeah. And then I listen uh. to In the Arms of an Angel just for funsies. I can't listen to that song. I oh my god. I can't watch that commercial. No way. That's torture. <laughs> you're guilting me. 
they're guilting me. I think it's funny that someone is trying to guilt me. I will be like, why? Why do you have to do all this extra stuff to try to get me to give when you could literally just tell me the things, but you want to put all the sad music and be like, this, this poor child. And it's just like, come on. For it just, just doesn't. Cents it, a day. That literally turns off all of my ability to be yes. empathetic. I'm literally I like really yelling at the screen. Be... Don't you pathos me, you <laughs> yeah, motherfucker. Like, see, see, that happens to me. And like, I'm like sitting there, like eating my Taco Bell. And like that commercial comes on with like all the hungry, starving kids in Africa, and I looked out at my Taco Bell, and I'm like, I'm a monster. <laughs> <laughs> like oh I'm God. terrible. <laughs> like I look at my bank account, and I'm like, I have money in my bank account. I am the worst person in the world right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't. I, oh I don't God. feel that way. I feel bad. But there's not a whole lot that I can do about the African children over there. Yeah, you know and I know, I mean? and that's the only that's, way I can like justify it. Yeah, that's myself. the only. Th- it's like there's not there's not a whole lot that I can do. If I could, I would really do something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, yeah. And they're like ten cents, but like you see what they're feeding them. I'm like, what is that? It looks like you took mud from the ground. Probably did. <laughs> and then put a little water in it and s- swirl it around. I was like, here you go. Hey, 10 cents. Mixing that mud and water costs like five cents to make. So <laughs> I guess the water costs. Yeah. The mud is on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you could. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so the end of that part is as an empath, I use my strategies to protect my sensitivities. Or, oh, I use many strategies. It's okay. You can do it. Strategies. There we go. go. As an empath, I use many strategies. Why? As an empath, I use many strategies. Why? Why does it keep coming out like that? (laughs) As an empath, I use many strategies. Strat. Strat. (laughs) I can't do it. I can't. I don't know why. Oh my god. I do not know why I cannot do this. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Okay. So I'm gonna take over for Ryan here. As an empath, I use many strategies to protect my sensitivities, uh, such as fierce time management, uh, (laughs) setting limits and boundaries with people who are draining, meditation to calm and center myself, and going out into nature. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That was me reading in Danny's voice. Yeah. Yeah. Like Morgan Freeman and Bruce Almighty. Yeah. 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 Um, and that's it. That's all ten. That's all she wrote. And yeah. that's totally accurate too. With the with like going outside, meditating. Mm, yeah. Although I like I used to meditate a lot, and like I just, I mean, I feel like this is gonna be more for um, mental health. A mental like, health thing. But like I I haven't been able to meditate very often. Lately. Oh really? It's been really difficult. Mm. And it's gonna go into mental health, but well, that'll yeah. be for next time. Yeah. yeah. I I can definitely uh, go into the mental health parts. I just wanted to like say that I you know I identified with some of these. Not all of them, <clears throat> and I feel like um, there are some that I identify with, but just um, haven't been able to develop yet. I'm still doing some self development mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. I can really like put some of those skills to use. Yeah, yeah, and it is a scale too. Like we said, yeah. there's some people like Danny who feel a lot for a lot of different people and things, mm-hmm. and there's people who do feel, but just it's more to scale yeah. like um and the same thing with me and thomas and 
I always have rules for feeling, yeah. Yeah. Um, Back into what Thomas is saying in her book. Uh, This is from a New York Times article, and it says, In Confessions of a Sociopath, Thomas self-identifies more as a sociopath than by my gender or profession or race. People like her are different from the average person, often in very dangerous or scary ways. It's startling to read these statements written so bluntly as a healthy skepticism of mental health label as a healthy skepticism of mental health labels labeling grows. Some people question whether sociopaths and psychopaths Thomas, Thomas is described in an evaluation as a socialized or successful psychopath. Sorry, that was very difficult to read. Mm-hmm. Um, so what it's like an aside. Strategy is real hard. Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> Uh, some people question whether psychopaths and sociopaths actually exist beyond being pejorative terms to describe horrible people this book dispels that myth so it goes back into what i was saying that you can have all these different disorders but those are things that are gained along your life journey yeah where at least to me if you are a sociopath or a psychopath that's something that you were born as that just happened to manifest however your environment shaped you. Mm. Um, and uh, she goes through a couple times in the book saying, like like I said in that thing that I read earlier, like, do these traits sound familiar to you? Maybe you're a sociopath. And she does make it very clear, and I want to re- reiterate here that we are not, as we said, uh, trained psychiatrists or psychologists or therapists. Not. What? I know, right? What? No, that the thing we got from Amazon was just supposed to be like a display. What? That's some shit. I know. Yeah, I read it on the terms. I want my money back. I don't think we can because we opened it already. Damn it. It's whatever. Man. That lucky um, horseshoe really didn't come in handy. <laughs> but yeah, the only way to officially be diagnosed as a, as a psychopath or a sociopath or having any type of mental disorder is to I have, I, I forget what the actual test is called. But it's from the DSM, and you have to go to a psychiatrist, a, a licensed psychiatrist, and have them. Um, it's just like a, it's a series of like t- questions and things. She describes it in the book a little bit, but um, yeah, just understanding yeah, yourself. Just know yeah, that, yeah. <clears throat> and and know that if you do read um, Confessions, she does state like you as an empath are probably going to relate to a lot of what she talks about because i absolutely did but that does not in any way make oh, me a sociopath make yes sociopath. that's what i was gonna say because empath sociopath psychopath black white gay straight etc etc people are people and all people are horrible no i'm kidding but you can be a good person and be a sociopath you can be a excellent person and be a psychopath you can be a horrendous human being and be an empath oh yeah Mm -hmm. oh and okay so back before he was talking about how um like what it was like 20 percent of prison inmates are uh sociopaths most of them are are empaths empaths. yeah most of the people who are in jail who commit crimes are empaths committing a crime out of passion yes yeah because they can't control their emotions because we're empaths yes um Usually when a sociopath loses control of their emotions, they don't actually lean into their emotions, they lean into their instincts. Um, To me, I've lately been realizing that if there is some sort of, like, differentiation between those different things, there's your head, which is your thoughts, your rationality, logic, evidence, 
your heart, which would be your emotions, your feelings, your drive for other people, so to speak. And then your instincts, which would be your intuition, your need for survival, that thing that, like... That drives you to do something without you actually knowing why. That thing that has a mother fueled with adrenaline to lift a car off of her kid. Mm -hmm. Shit like that. Um, Sociopathic people, we just don't... We will feel our heart, but we don't ever really rely on it. We don't really go into it at all. A psychopathic person doesn't have that at all. They only have their gut and their, their head. Where an empathic person sort of lives in their heart and they have they have thoughts and rationality, but they more go with their emotions and their gut instincts than anything else. Hmm. Um, another way I thought to explain it is sort of like the pro-life argument that, oh, you say you're pro-life, but when that child's actually born, you don't really care. Right. That's that's very true about sociopaths. It's like, I care about your existence and well-being. And like, I don't, at least for me saying this, like, I don't want somebody to die. Mm-hmm. Like, unless I personally think they deserve it. But that's like situational, obviously. But if you're alive, I don't give a shit. If I don't care about you, I don't care about you. That's basically what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't necessarily want something bad to happen, but. Yeah. I think there are certain things that, you know people should have control over themselves but that's for another day yeah yeah such as having a baby that's totally a personal choice yes that's true um okay well that is all we have for you tonight so this has been nice with mike with danny luca and ryan and Corey. who is he's not actually here you know he isn't spill some for Corey. So thank you again for listening, and next yeah, week we'll be guys. talking about mental disorders. And I'm sorry, mental health, not ooh. mental disorders. That was mostly today. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, we're gonna be talking yeah. about mental disorders. Mental health. Week. Mental health. Yeah, uh, yeah. And real quick, I just wanna if I can find the picture uh, of there we go. So then, after mental health, we'll have gotten through most of our more serious topics. Yeah. Which I kind of set up our list that way because I wanted everything to sort of flow together. And I wanted to get all of these things out of the way. So you kind of get to know us a little bit more on the personal side. Um, And then move into the more... Fun stuff. Yeah, so that way you can kind of see where we're coming from with those things. Because we will still get into kind of like more deeper shit with everything. So Yeah. Um, so yeah we'll start getting into some fun stuff i think what was it fantasy after mental health is fantasy and magic and then we'll be doing harry potter (gasps) it obviously deserves its own night so obviously yeah so gryffindor um sorry (laughs) thank you again for listening and we will see you next time wait real quick one last time Um, what book the book is what book? Con- Confessions of a Sociopath. Oh, okay. yeah. A lifetime. <laughs> what do you mean? What book? A the lifetime. Book you've been like pushing this whole time. Jeez. <laughs> Confes- <laughs> Confessions of a Sociopath. A lifetime spent oh, hiding in plain sight by M. E. Thomas. Um, again, her blog. You can find that on Audible. I haven't actually been able to find a physical copy. Um, I'm sure other, it is. I'm sure you can get it off like Amazon. But yeah, it's definitely on Audible. I would recommend doing that just because it's a lot more interesting to hear her saying it. Yeah. At least having the narrator say it. Yeah. And the voice um, gets better. Yes. If you don't like it initially. If you don't like it initially. And she also has a blog, Sociopath World. There's also a Twitter account, which is at Sociopath, Sociopath World. Um, Emmy Thomas, want to sponsor us? 
That'd be great. Lovely. Like, super excited. She's probably like, <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Okay. We'll so, see you guys later. Fuck off. Me. Are you going to do our exit music? Oh, yeah. This commercial or this podcast has been brought to you by Twix Cookies, the greatest snack that hasn't been invented yet.